Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information, insight, and experiences for people who are planning for, about to, or already have retired. I'm John McComb. Recently retired after a 50-year broadcast career, the last 36 years at CKNW Radio in Vancouver. I'm sitting down with my co-host, Lori Pinkowski every other Friday to help answer the many questions that come up as you prepare to relax and devote some time to you and your new life. Lori is the founder of Pinkowski Wealth Management and a senior vice president and senior portfolio manager at Raymond James. Laurie, always great to talk to you, and here we are for Episode 3 of Ready, Set, Retire. How are you? I'm doing well, John. How are you? Very, very well. Excited that uh, we have a guest today, and uh, we'll get into that in just a second. First, though, I want to talk about the COVID situation, how it's affecting the markets in the U.S. Of course, it's terrible globally. What can you update us on there? Yeah, you know, looking at uh, the amount of new cases in the U.S., which was over 55,000 in recent days, and globally over 200,000 new cases in a single day, obviously this is concerning, not just for the health of communities out there and in the population. The other issue is, is, of course, with the reopening of the economy. Until now, I mean, markets have for the most part been shrugging it off. And I, I guess there's a few reasons for that. One is that there could be possibly more stimulus coming. And the markets have really been moving higher and higher over the last few weeks and even two months now because of the amount of stimulus the governments around the world have been providing. So I think that's one way the market's looking at it. But of course, if this continues to get worse and we don't see new cases decreasing and flattening of that curve, as we all have become well known with that term, I think that we will see things eventually move into markets and we could see some sort of correction if we see the economy really closing up, which we've already seen in California. We've got bars and restaurants and zoos, museums and everything reclosing in a big part of California. So again, that's something that we're obviously watching very closely. But again, as I've mentioned, it really depends on what you're invested in and, and how much equity exposure you have and just ensuring that your financial advisor has a plan. As I always say, you got to have plan A, plan B for any situation that's uh, around the corner. So what is this doing to markets? Every time I listen to CKNW, I hear uh, the markets are going up. Sometimes there's a down day, but generally speaking, how are they doing? Markets have been moving higher, over 2% in the last week, but we have seen increased volatility and nothing like what we saw back in March or, or April. But we've been seeing, you know, you've got a, a day where markets are up 500 points and next day they're down 500 points. And so that's to be expected to a certain degree with all the news that's coming at investors right now. So it doesn't surprise me. And I think volatility is likely here to stay for some time, just as COVID is. Yeah. So what are the various sectors doing? How have they been performing? I have to say it, it really matters what you're in, in terms of your portfolio. This year, when you look at the financial sector or the energy sector, both have totally underperformed and those areas have not provided any positive performance at all. So when looking at what has been performing, technology, obviously a huge leader right now. When you're looking at stocks like Microsoft and Amazon and others out there, that's what's carrying the market higher along with the gold sector at this point. And so we've seen uh, gold cross $1,800 an ounce. And of course, gold bullion 
Australian is following suit as well as the gold mining stocks. So having exposure in both of those areas has definitely helped investors over the last little while. So overall, investors seem to be ignoring the bad news. Uh, but is there more risk out there ahead? There's always going to be risk as long as we don't have a vaccine. And so that's something that, again, is, uh, you know, a portfolio manager, my team, we stay on top of. I've COVID updates every morning, new cases globally in the U.S. and Canada and Germany and Italy, all these sorts of things so that we're really keeping on top of the situation. Also, I would say is that, um, you know, markets tend to climb a wall of worry. And so you can always be, you know, scared of what is around the next corner. But in my opinion, the worst we saw it was in March when we knew very little about the virus. We didn't know if the Fed was going to back the bond market, the treasury market and provide as much stimulus as they did. We know differently now. We know that they're there to support the economy the best that they can. And of course, a risk out there is just in terms of reopening the economy as we did discussed. And then further along this year, the other risk out there is, of course, the election in the U.S. And so those things, again, with what we do on a day-to-day basis, we have to be on top of the news and make decisions based on the facts that we see. But overall, markets have been moving higher. So even when you see new cases of COVID and all that kind of news out there that can worry you, just, again, review your portfolio with your financial advisor. Make sure that they're in those right sectors that will do well and survive the situation that we're in. And even thrive possibly after, right? And adapt. Those are the types of companies you want in your portfolio. Great stuff, Lori. And I'm excited today because we actually have a special guest, and I'd like to introduce her right now. Her name is Cindy David, and Cindy is the estate planning advisor and president of Cindy David Financial Group. She works with business owners in the province and retired or retiring clients, where her firm provides tax-effective solutions and expertise and tailors customized personal financial planning services to meet the life goal of clients. Cindy is a leading Canadian financial expert and trailblazer in her industry, known for her passion, creative thinking, and determination to influence positive change. Currently, Cindy is the chair of the board for the Conference for Advanced Life Underwriters and sits on two additional boards, including the National Board for Junior Achievement and the Insurance Council of BC. In these roles, she works to help small business owners in Canada advocate for women, and support youth to become financially literate. Cindy has worked closely with my team for over 10 years now, and she's provided solutions to our clients for all different types of situations, whether they're selling their business, projecting future tax liabilities, estate planning, insurance needs, as well as providing detailed retirement plans. Um, Again, income projections and spending needs. These are all things that we need to know when a client comes to us and says, you know, Lori, team, uh, I'd like to retire next year. Okay. Well, where do we start? We start with Cindy David. And like I said, she's been a huge asset to our clients. And that's why I'm super excited to have her here on the show today. And just a, you know, a funny little story. Uh, Once Cindy and I were meeting with a client and reviewing his retirement plan. And and as we were doing that, he said, you know what? My blood pressure is going down as you speak. And, uh, And he was delighted to see it on paper that he had more than enough to retire. But he was able to see his retirement roadmap. And that put him at ease. 
ease. And even on CKNW, I talk about the importance of financial planning and retirement planning, making sure, you know, you've got everything organized. And it's people like Cindy David who provide guidance to our clients uh, alongside us so that they have a full picture of their financial situation. So with that, I'm excited to talk to Cindy here today. And so our listeners can get more insight on why financial and estate plans are so, so important. Well, Cindy, thank you for joining us today on Ready, Set, Retire. We appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much for the warm introduction and the hospitality. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Let's talk about the ins and outs of financial and estate planning. What's your process for creating a personalized financial plan for a client? That's a good question. A lot of people are actually confused about what financial planning means and what the process entails. It starts with a lot of conversation and a lot of homework. So we always joke that people haven't gotten homework in a long time, but it's really about getting organized and meeting with people, making sure that we have all of the information. So making sure that information is readily available, especially as we shift from paper statements to online statements, we need to have access and get organized. So you have to really think about preparation. That's the first step. And we, in that conversation, really focus on what are our client's goals so that when we go through all of the really detailed questions, which we'll get into in a minute, it's making sure that your roadmap is in line with your goals. And when we have that financial plan and get in writing, then and only then can we make suitable recommendations for the environment that we're in, whether it's the markets or tax or short and long-term goals with regard to retirement and estate planning. So what should an individual include in a financial plan and what do you like to see in terms of details? Yes, I always say more information is better. So let the professionals that you're working with weed through the information and extract what we need. First is goals. So clients need to start thinking about what is important to you about retirement. Is it retiring at a certain age? Is it retiring once you can afford to spend a certain amount per year? Or is it, hey, I probably will never really retire. I'm kind of entrepreneurial, but I do want to know when I'm choosing to work versus having to work. It's not always about, will I have enough? Oftentimes it's, am I doing the right things? Am I missing any opportunities? And that's what can create the sleep at night factor. So just around goals, getting the juices flowing and getting clients thinking about what's important to them about money and the wealth. Then we get into the nitty gritty balance sheet items. What do you own and who owns what? So not just how much money is in your buckets, but who owns those buckets? Because ownership can be a part of planning and also part of the recommendations that we make to improve a tax situation. And you'd be surprised, John, how confusing it is sometimes. Uh, you know, when you buy real estate property 20 or 30 years ago, and some clients don't even know, you know, is, is it in my name only or did you put that in a joint name? So there can be a lot of digging and homework. And it's better if we're doing it for ourselves than expecting somebody else to do it for us when we die. The second thing, once we get balance sheet items taken care of, then we need to figure out cash flow. What are your sources of income now? How are you saving? And then in retirement, all sources of pension income like CPP, old age security, defined benefit pension plans or defined contribution pension plans, which are more prominent these days, annuity income, investment income, any continuing business income, things like inheritance uh, or liquidation of real estate assets, which has been key for a lot of British Columbians actually, you know, downsizing some real estate and cashing out a bit. So those are lots of homework items that we need to get the process started. I don't like starting with homework lists for clients. I like starting with the conversation, work with what you know, write it all down, and then we can create a homework sheet, which is less daunting, less intimidating. Otherwise, procrastination can kick in. 
Cindy, I think that's key is opening up the conversation is what we've done in those client meetings. You know, it's really important to sit down and understand the goals of the client and not just about their spending and expenses and that sort of thing, but also their estate wishes. Who do they want to leave money to? How much? Uh, what are their core beliefs in terms of that? We talk about early gifting sometimes as well for certain clients where it makes sense. So again, having that conversation first, then Cindy follows up with a, a little bit of homework. I would say it's not not usually too much. Again, she, the more detail she has, the more accurate your financial plan will be and the better recommendations uh, she can provide you. So with that being said, Cindy, in your view, the benefits of having a financial plan, I mean, everyone needs a plan, but it's essentially, again, the benefits really of having that financial plan. Can you comment on that, please? Yeah, absolutely. You know, to your point earlier, it's a lot about sleeping well at night and reducing the stress around the unknown things that a retirement plan can answer. So it's comfort that you're taking advantage of valid planning opportunities that are built into the Income Tax Act. Those things can be complex and they change over time. And I find that people feel like they might be doing some of the right things, but they're not sure if they're missing out on anything. So if you have a comprehensive financial plan that's done with a financial planning professional or specialist, I think that can go a long way to making people just check that box off and feel like they're doing the right thing. The other thing is you make progress. There are a lot of statistics out there about the fact that clients that go through a financial planning process actually save more. They have the ability to spend more, retire early. You know, the results are just better because you're planning for things ahead of time and not always looking in the rearview mirror saying, oh, I wish I had done that. Or shoot, I just missed that deadline. You know, if you have a financial plan, you also have a roadmap that says what to do and when to do it. So it's a, it's a real working document. And I will say this, if you've got a financial plan and it's done nothing but collect dust over time, that financial plan is not working for you. So pull it out, review it regularly and make it work for you. Make sure that it's current, valid, and it's creating the ability for you to take advantage of current opportunities. I think with updating the financial plan, the rule of thumb is kind of every two years or if something significant changes in your life, such as, as John, you know, retiring, <laughs> right? Um, you know, getting started with that and yes. reviewing it um, a couple of years later and seeing where you're at and, you know, are we reaching our goals in, in the portfolio and uh, are you spending what you want to be spending or and those conversations happen as well. And then you can always look at updating the plan as well. I know about financial planning, thanks to Lori. But what about estate planning and why is it important and what's the difference? Estate planning in the financial services industry is actually the umbrella that covers off retirement planning, financial planning, tax planning, investment planning. So estate planning is considered the big daddy. It's the umbrella that takes a look at your whole picture. And I would say that our clients work hard. Everybody works hard to save and to grow their wealth. And we all pay our fair share of taxes along the way. So it just makes sense to plan with as much energy and effort to preserve as much of that wealth for the next generation or for charities of your choosing once we've first made sure that you have enough during your lifetime. So we always use the dentist analogy. How often go to, do you go to the dentist? And when was the last time you updated your financial plan or look at your estate plan in contrast? So it's just a matter of making it a priority, making sure that we make the time to slow down smell the roses, look at your big picture situation, make sure that what you're doing specifically aligns into your long-term goals. 
Cindy, in terms of estate planning, which parts of it do you feel are, are the most important? You know, future tax liability, making sure people have a will, powers of attorney, all those sorts of things. I would say that a big misconception about estate planning is that all it takes is getting a will done. Estate planning is more than just a will, but it does start there. There's some minimum tools that we want to make sure we take advantage of and that we put in place to avoid leaving behind more headaches than necessary. So on the legal front, as you said, there's wills, which only have power when you die. Power of attorney we need in addition to wills because they have power when you're still alive. And when you can't make decisions on your behalf, you need that power of attorney. So with wills, I say get it done. But with power of attorney, I say run. Don't walk to your lawyer or notary public. This is important because you need a power of attorney ahead of when you need it. Nobody really knows when they're going to need it. So this is a very important document and it's so easy to put in place. I can't encourage people enough to put in place a power of attorney. And just a quick reminder that marriage and jointly owned accounts does not solve all problems. Power of attorney we need in addition to wills to make sure that Payments can get made on mortgages that as things renew, investments change, you need a, a formal power of attorney. So just don't hesitate to please get that done. Representation agreements in BC are also important. So a power of attorney only has power over your financial affairs. We need a representation agreement if you have specific wishes with regard to health. And that can be a fairly daunting process. So if that is a concern for you, I recommend going through a representation agreement questionnaire, just again, to get the juices flowing and start thinking about some of the decisions that might be important to you. Another planning tool or trusts on the legal side that are often used when they're appropriate. Beyond the legal aspect, I would say that forecasting estate tax and having a plan is also important. And that's really what we do on the financial services side. Things like, should I spend early from my RIF? Should I take more than the RIF minimum? Am I using my TFSAs as, as much as I should throughout retirement? Does it make sense for me to put in place a life insurance plan if that costs less than this estate tax that is going to be triggered when I die? Naming beneficiaries, making sure that we've got all of our I's dotted and T's crossed. That can be part of the homework too, is just getting these things done. We have access to all these things at our fingertips and looking at jointly owned assets that are not currently jointly owned so that we have an ease of transfer of some assets on the passing of one life versus two. Lifetime gifting is something that we look at. That's estate planning. Giving money away during your lifetime can be a, a huge important factor in reducing your estate taxes and just accomplishing your goals, being around to enjoy the gift of giving giving your money. And I know Lori always talks about encouraging our clients who have lots of money, done all of the things right, to spend some of that money. That can be part of it too. That's a big part of it. That That's almost more of a problem for some people. And it's great. Everyone's so frugal, but uh, you know, you can't take it with you. So you either give it away or you spend it. That's an important thing to look at. And you know, I think in terms of the estate planning side of things, it's opening up that conversation. And I find a lot of clients when they first go through that financial planning process, when they come on board, is that they really haven't sat down with somebody that is able to provide them almost all the answers that they need. And so it's not just being a financial advisor anymore, a portfolio manager, you have to provide the entire service, including the financial planning. And so that should be offered to you in one 
one way or another. And even Cindy and I often work with our clients' accountants as well. They're also a vital part in your team and as well as uh, your lawyer if needed. And that's where Cindy's talking about setting up trusts or wills and those sorts of things. I often sit in those meetings with clients to ensure that that process goes smoothly. But the first point is, is to create that financial retirement plan with a financial planner, someone like Cindy, that puts that roadmap out so that we are able to get you organized and provide you those recommendations that you need. And Cindy, what are some of the tax saving strategies? I know you touched on them uh, previously, but get into the nuts and bolts, because I think, as you mentioned earlier, we all pay taxes. And in this country, we pay a lot of taxes. And so I think people want to uh, pay the minimum possible and have money to either give to their, their children or donate or what have you. Yeah, I can definitely get into the nitty gritty a bit more with regard to some of the things that we look at. So one thing I'll say is insurance still works. A lot of people these days think that insurance is too expensive or I'm retired and I, at my age now, I just, I can't afford it. It doesn't make sense. Insurance still works in Canada. We have access to a great product. Our government has really endorsed some tax advantages that you just can't get anywhere else. So we still look at insurance as a product for clients, not in every situation. Sometimes it's choose to, sometimes it's have to, but it is something that should be a part of the agenda. And I think sometimes people are miss it's getting overlooked because of some preconceived notions and it's too bad because it's a filter that causes us to miss out on an opportunity another thing is the rift minimums the rift minimums have been the same for decades and decades until a few years ago they changed and what happened was the government said okay we'll let you take less out of your rift when you turn 72 than you used to have to and what that means actually for our higher net worth clients who have lots of money saved or just really anybody is that if you're taking less money out of your RIF, it means that you might end up dying with a bigger balance. And everybody likes having more money. But the problem with dying with a larger RIF is that it triggers a much bigger estate tax liability. And in British Columbia, we have over the last few years gone from a 43.7% tax bracket all the way up to a 53% tax bracket. And that is the tax pain that your estate will feel. So if you think about what happens to a couple who each have their own RSP, a husband dies first, I always assume uh, that they fall off the branch first because women live longer. And the husband's RIF rolls over tax-free and probate-free to the spouse. So now wife has a larger combined RIF balance. And if we're listening to the government's plan for us, which is to only take the RIF minimum because we have enough other sources of income, it means that we're leaving a lot of money behind in that RSP. When wife dies, that combined RSP balance and it doesn't take a lot. It just takes a little over $200,000 of combined RIF in British Columbia to trigger that 53% tax. And that hurts. So we don't have estate taxes in Canada. We only have tax on income. Anything that you would have paid income on during your lifetime gets taxed in your estate. The problem gets taxed all in one year. So that's a problem. And for some people, lower RIF minimums are a good thing. If you have large pensions from, you've been a corporate executive for, for a lifetime and you have a great pension, then yeah, we're going to minimize those withdrawals. But for a lot of people, we really need to spend time every year actively deciding before the end of the calendar year, 
should I take more than that RIF minimum? That's a huge planning process and way that we can provide value to our clients. The other thing in 2018, for any of our listeners that own a business, there were some significant overarching tax changes to small business owners, Canadian controlled private companies. And it caused a lot of tax pain as well, where we used to have tax deferrals built into the Income Tax Act that were called tax havens or tax avoidance strategies. That was a big term of the day in 2018, that business owners were taking advantage of these tax loopholes. And so what the government put in place some drastic changes that require business owners to pay a lot more tax now on earned income. And that has caused a real strain on cash flow. And so we have you know, now spent a lot of time looking at how do we help with that tax? And there are a lot of ways. I don't think we have, in the scope of this conversation, we don't have necessarily a lot of time to get into that. But there are a myriad, you know, more than just one way to, to approach that planning and to, to help ease the pain. So I would really encourage you, if you're a business owner and you haven't gone through this process, with your accountant, your financial advisory team, really to sit down and make this a priority. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Cindy. That's great information. I know that in Canada, in conversations with clients, uh, one of the number one issues that uh, people bring up is the amount of tax they do pay today. And we talk about that future tax liability and any way that we can reduce reduce that for people is, is definitely helpful and beneficial to them and to the retirement. Again, more cash in your pocket is better than in CRAs, as they say. Yeah. We love to wrap things up on Ready, Set, Retire with a quote. Uh, Cindy, I think you... Uh have the honor of the quotes this time around. Thank you. Well, and after all of that conversation on how to avoid tax, my quote is, we don't want to let the tax tail wag the dog. So we really want to make sure that we're starting with our clients' goals first and then plan around that. Thanks, Cindy. And and again, uh, it's great having you on the show. And as I said before, you've been such an asset to our clients and uh, providing those financial plans and tax solutions and just happy to have you as as a partner to the business. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Cindy David is the estate planning advisor and uh, president of Cindy David Financial Group, and uh, we appreciate her time. It's time for us to go, Lori. We'll do this again in a couple of weeks or so and uh, keep everybody up to date on how you go about getting ready and set to retire. Ready, set to retire, as well as staying happy while retired. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, John. If you want more information or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-915-LORI, 604-915-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Ready, Set, Retire.